Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, 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 hello. It's nice to be back in the studio, but I had such a good time in Greenwood. Need to say good morning to everybody. And yes... The truck of ferns did, in fact, arrive. I saw that on Facebook yesterday. So all y'all enjoy them because I'm telling you, you're not going to have a better deal on those big ferns. <laughs> it's a great time. Thanks to Derek. Thanks to all of my friends there for such a wonderful opportunity to come and visit. Nice day. Hey, Lance. Good morning, Garden I, Mama. I, I appreciate you. you. You kept everything literally on top of itself going forward on the broadcast and for one of the few times i could actually hear you in my ear while the broadcast was going on so i knew what time it was and the tv camera worked so listen if you want me to come to your area we are set for saturday morning remotes it looked amazing gary talk, was, talk to your super talk folks and bring me to wherever you are and you get to meet gary too <laughs> exactly and he's amazing so i mean if you've never met gary you gotta get that we a had shot. a good time we had a really good time we were talking about um ran into some friends that we hadn't seen in a few years that we really only see at remotes and that was kind of fun too i love the fact that y'all were selling plants right out from behind you it was awesome <laughs> it was it looked great too on that's TV. the best way <laughs> you always want you, the, the plants are wonderful when they come in off the truck but as my my friend who works in a garden center in North Carolina, wrote the other day, it's really great to see them going out the front door, too. <laughs> you know, after you unload all 25 trucks or whatever they were doing there that day. Oh, my goodness. She wears a pedometer. And in her garden center, she um, had walked eight miles that day and never left the place, you know, never left the premises, just round and round and round with new plants. That's how you get your steps in. Exactly. And and, and plenty. And she doesn't really need anything. She's skinny as can be. But I dare say that it, it's a good way to keep your heart rate up. That is for sure. Wow, there are so many things going on in the gardens, mine and yours and everybody else's. And in addition to that, there is some crazy material out here. <laughs> it's not really crazy, but anytime there's a scientific study that drives me a little bit over the edge when I start thinking about it, I immediately think of this audience and, and know that I have to have to find a way to tell you about it because it might be interesting at your dinner table or in, in a text conversation with a friend or something like that. So let's get going this morning. Give me a call. 888 888 is the Super Talk call line. The C Spire text line, of course, 601-879-4395. You all won't get to hear Lance read the text this morning, but we, it's, it, it, we, you did a real good job, so thank you. Well, thank you very much. I, I have to ask, I have never I, – I, I know there are a lot of people who – want to know when the plants are going to grow and and they try to do all sorts of monitoring someone brought recently brought me an, yet another moisture monitor which of course in 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 my case in my container garden big containers lots of rain has been staying at the fully saturated point for a month now <laughs> so i don't know if the, i mean some things are obviously too wet not everything 
But it, it is interesting to know. So I want to know, how do you measure these things? How do you figure out? We, we don't have a little chip to put in yet, but we do have other ways that we measure things. Sometimes it's as simple as your index finger, putting it into the container and seeing how far down it is before it gets dry. Sometimes the dry gives way quickly and you realize that it's super wet underneath that in the container or in the ground, that's a time when you need to understand about mulch because mulch makes the whole thing a little bit more moderate, whether it's a container or whether it is your a garden row or a big bed, either one. The, the mulch is what keeps the top from drying out so quickly and yet leaving the bottom wet. So you think it's all needing water when it may not really be. And especially, I don't know about at your house, but my house looks like it's going to rain just about every day next week, so one to one extent or another. I, I think that's fine. I've got lots of things coming up. I'm uh, potting tomatoes today. I've been been staring at them, and I've got everything set up, so I'm going to do that. But it, it, I just took the peppers out from under their protected space. You know, I have the salad table, so I put plastic around the bottom of it, and that keeps things a little bit warmer than it would be, but it provides a transition space. So I've been I've been able to bring those things out. They look really good. I don't know. What do you think? What's yours doing? <laughs> and how many kinds of monitors can we have anyway? The latest one in uh, – here's the headline. Fuel cell in a tea bag format. What are we talking about? Well, it, as it as it develops, when we're trying to produce fuel, we know that there's certain things that will produce fuel and certain things that just really need our attention. In this particular bit of research um, coming out from the folks of Biosystems in Engineering. They're in Zurich, um, well, actually, this is Zurich facility in Basel, Switzerland. But what they're talking about is the big issue worldwide, of course, with diabetes and how do we monitor it? How do we ameliorate it? How do we keep people from having so many problems with it over time as they do? What they're working on, of course, and yes, I'm guilty of this. First, they want you to know. You're eating too many carbohydrates, particularly if you have blood sugar issues, which, frankly, all of us do. But but we all eat too many carbohydrates. They're good. That's why we eat them. But everything in moderation, remember. However, when you have type 1 diabetes, your body doesn't produce insulin, and that means that you can't digest these things and use them efficiently, and all sorts of other problems flow from that. So when you have to get the hormone externally, it's a really interesting thing. We're, we're now into the pumps and, of course, other medical devices. But there are a lot of other things like that that require a reliable energy supply. And quite frankly, we needed a better one. Single-use, rechargeable batteries, yada, yada, that's all fine and good. But in this particular case, these guys have developed an implantable fuel cell that uses your excess blood sugar to generate electrical energy to run your device. Well, now, come on. I, I mean, that's a system I can get behind. I think that's brilliant. So that's why it's it's basically teabag-sized. And it, at the heart of the whole thing is an anode made of copper-based nanoparticles, which they have created specifically for this application. They didn't go, you know, to, to the 
the long and celebrated Radio Shack to pick these up. They, they built these themselves. And that, in turn, splits the glucose and into gl- gluconic acid, as you would understand, and the proton that goes with it, which, in turn, generates the electricity. Now, come on. That's clever. That's really, really clever. I like it. The um, the algae product that it is con- is coated in obviously has to be the one that's already used for medical purposes. They didn't have to test that, and the whole thing is an implant that just goes in. And I just think that's wonderful. If we could use that methodology, think how many things we could po- potentially power. Everything from walking upright assistance to the pacemakers that so many people have and all those kinds of things. So that's what's going on in the uh, the world of, well, fuel cells, fuel from your entire body. Let's put that stuff to work. You've got too much of it. Let's put it to work. I like that. There are a lot of things I'd like to put to work at my place. I've noticed that several of my shrubs have begun to grow back that I didn't think were going to. So now I have a dilemma I now have a two-foot-tall Carissa holly that really looks great at two feet tall. However, half of the variegation didn't come back. So if I cut off the part, because traditionally, of course, with variegated shrubs, if they come out with a green, um, so, you know, solid green leaf or solid green stem or whatever, that you cut that off because that, in turn, should be suppressed in favor of the variegated ones. So I'm going to have about a half of a two-foot-tall shrub. <laughs> Things going to look too good. But it's still a really, really good plant for the cut flower world because that Carissa holly makes a very long-lasting shock of green leaves that have white edges on them that are very dramatic in all kinds of applications for cut flowers. <laughs> Well, thank you, Trey. That's funny. I appreciate that. I, and it is true. Not everyone is, is quite as enthusiastic about things as we are at this hour of the morning. But you better be, because in about another two weeks, it's going to be 90 degrees at noon. You know that's true. <laughs> I can't really predict that. It's just how it works out often, too often, way too often, in fact. Jump into the Wayback Machine with me for a moment. I was very, very surprised to, I I have, let me start at the beginning. I've had the pleasure of knowing a few people who were monks. Um, Obviously not the silent type or I couldn't have talked to them, but, but, but people who spent much of their life in contemplation and meditation in a religious manner in, in that sort of setting. And I'll tell you the truth. I, I appreciate the ability to, contemplate to study to ponder i don't think i could do it my whole life every day so there's a certain admiration that i have for anyone with that kind of tenacity and it has made me curious about them and it's made me study a few things that the monks do so when this headline popped up the unexpected contribution of medieval monks to vulcanology i said well gosh i better read this one this is from the university of geneva and it of course what else are you going to do if you're a monk? At, at some point, you're going to go out and observe the night sky, right? And so this particular group, this leading information from the 12th and 13th century, all right, 
along with, they didn't just stop there, along with ice core and tree ring data, that the monks were able to document, as we are now understanding and is being reported in Nature, the magazine that most people read if they read any kind of science magazine, lets us know that, in fact, that's how they discovered the largest volcanic eruptions that ever happened at that point. And frankly, some of them are still some of the largest ones that have happened. The results reported this week, this month rather, um, in, the, in Nature, let us know about one of the most active volcanic periods in Earth's history, which everybody sort of thought, you know, you, people, you, you, if, you, if you count all the things that people postulate and then don't ever prove, it's a whole boatload of stuff. So, of course, some of it's bound to turn out to be true, but it's taken this many years for them to go ahead and figure it out. Yes, they believe that this helped to trigger what was called the Little Ice Age, the long interval of cooling that saw the advance of the European glaciers into southern Europe, which is, of course, a very important part of the world. But it took the researchers five years because monks keep good records. So what else do they have to do? So they went back through all of that and looked across all of the chronicles from Europe and the Middle East and did everything from total lunar eclipses, what color they were. They now, we now know so many things we didn't know before, and one of the things we know is about the volcanic eruptions. There can be so much dust in the stratosphere following one of these huge eruptions. Um, I would say, I think, Krakatoa or one of those you know, that, that you may have heard of, that the middle part of the atmosphere starting roughly where we would be flying in an airplane, the whole business above that, the moon and everything, just has disappeared. So that's what the monks were recording and writing about. And it's obvious that they knew what they were talking about. There's, They were also, you know, of course, keeping a record of kings and popes and, I don't know, other kinds of natural disasters, I would suppose, um, whether or not there's enough food to eat. You know, all the they, they literally kept up with everything like that. And the, the vision of the end times that is shared in that tradition is part of why they kept records of all this volcanology because that's they wanted to make sure they documented it if it turned out to be the end of the world say wow and talk about it at dinner tonight you'll enjoy it you'll be glad you did oh somebody has already sent me a question about tomato blight okay now clearly this person does in fact live on our coast and way far south on our coast and in indeed the warm weather, the early tomatoes, and then the cool weather. There's just been a laboratory of fungus disease conditions that are just perfect. But early blight is the one that I've identified as happening on this person's plants. And because they happen, it happens on so many of our tomatoes, it's really good to know and for me to tell you what to look for. The first thing, and you know you're going to walk the garden every day to keep an eye on things. So the first thing you're going to see are little bitty brown kind of circular, not necessarily perfect circles. These are not like the shot holes that we see on pepper leaves or something, but just little little circles developing brown and kind of looking like they're going to thin the leaf out, but they're small. Unfortunately, if you don't do anything about if you don't pick that leaf off and, and manage to get it out of the garden along with any others that are so affected, it will spread. And then eventually, of course, they'll turn yellow and they'll drop off, and that in turn breeds more fungus for later on. So at that point, you can see the bullseye. 
Okay, but earlier on, it just kind of looks like a brown patch. So people could, people say, look for the bullseye, and they don't see it, so they don't think that's the problem. That's the symptom that develops when we're really down the road with this disease. All right, so just keep keep your eye out. It it does thrive in warm, moist conditions, and unfortunately, if we don't clean up the garden well, we can actually promote it from year to year by giving it a place to live. So try not to do that. Please, um mulch your plants i always say wait until we have a little bit warmer weather to put the mulch out and i still say that okay because we cooler warmer soil is going to help and the soil will get warmer faster without mulch on it but once we get into some of these warm days you're going to want that mulch because it helps the the helps this disease from washing up from the soil onto your plants real important Oh, that's pretty. Stevens in Loosedale, he wants to know if he should should thin this Japanese magnolia. I would kind of say no, <laughs> but that's because it looks like a fairly young tree. I might, however, select some of these branches at the bottom and decide how many to keep. The, the top is obviously in good shape, has a nice upward lift to the branch shapes, but the bottom part of it may need a little bit of attention, okay? So you might want to just choose some of those and get rid of a few of the others. But don't prune it from the top, okay? Okay. All right, now, we got to step aside. You stick around. We're not going far. This is Weekend Gardening. Because... of Mississippi. It's time you get the benefits you deserve. If you're eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid, there's a local health plan just for you. Shared Health Dual Plus, a dual eligible special needs plan with more benefits like a $2,500 yearly allowance for over-the-counter items and groceries, a $600 yearly allowance for utility bills, a $5,000 yearly allowance for dental care, and shared rewards. All accessed on one easy-to-use card. Plus more Call 855-413-8769, TTY 711, or visit SharedHealthMS.com. Paid Active Portrayal. Shared Health Dual Plus is an HMOD SNP plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with the Mississippi Division of Medicaid. Enrollment in Shared Health Dual Plus depends on contract renewal. Shared Health Mississippi, Inc. does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, or disability in its health programs and activities. Benefit limits and exclusions may apply. Check the plan's evidence of coverage or details or give us... Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden to ask you, why do we garden anyway? Are you looking for a beautiful retreat where you can get away from it all? Seeking to reduce stress? To have a home you can really enjoy and invite friends over? Lakeland Yard and Garden is ready to help with your garden paradise. In addition to being a complete nursery, greenhouse, and garden shop, Lakeland offers patio furnishings, including couches, chairs, tables, and much more. Let the professionals at Mississippi's largest garden center help you get away from it all right there in your own backyard. Why do we garden? 
because we love it. We love the outdoors, and yes, we do want to get away from it all sometimes. Lakeland Yard and Garden is celebrating 43 years of serving all your garden needs. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden, Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business, Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of green home AC systems. (laughs) Are you feeling it? The new degree of comfort. After the recent hail storms or any time you suspect damage on your roof, trust the pros at CF Roofing. CF Roofing is on top of roofs all over the state, replacing damaged shingles with premium high-impact resistant Class 3 shingles with no upcharge above the insurance rate. These could be the last shingles you'll ever need to install on your home or business. We'll work with your insurance company and provide everything you need for replacement or repairs. For high-impact Class 3 shingles on top of your biggest investment, call CF Roofing today, 601-996-2351. Are your investments going nowhere? Here's a tip that always pays big dividends. Invest in yourself, your talent, your smarts, your skills. Maybe it's time to make that investment and start a career in IT or upskill to boost your current career. At My Computer Career, you can bank on us. We'll help you get the right skills and the right certifications to start or advance your IT career. IT keeps growing, so go with the growth at My Computer Career. The right training, the right timing, the right career. Invest in you at mycomputercareer.edu. Start now. Research shows moving is one of life's most stressful events. But thanks to Two Men and a Truck Ridgeland, it doesn't have to be. We have everything you need. A professional team who will customize your move, a schedule to fit your convenience Monday through Saturday, and all of the necessary moving supplies, including free padding and stretch wrap to protect your belongings. Don't stress. Let Two Men and a Truck handle your home or business moving needs. Visit twomenandatruck.com for a free, no-obligation estimate. You know, it's funny how you start thinking about things and you believe that everybody knows it. I gave a friend of mine a, a, a green man face for her new house for the, the the courtyard area, and she said, "What is this?" So I got to regale her with tales of the green man. And if anybody listens to this song and goes, "What in the world are they talking about?" Well, you should probably Google it up too, or whatever searcher you prefer to use. Um, it's a it's a legendary character. If if you want to know how I think of it, I think of it as the dancing trees in the Wizard of Oz. Okay, to me that's the Green Man, <laughs> or it's the Green Man effect. Anyway, it, it implies animation in living things, and in this particular case, the living thing would be Eddie Rhodes, Master Gardener from Georgia, who wrote that song. <laughs> Fun stuff. We're all a little bit, a little bit musical, but he, he more so than most of my friends. 
I hope that whatever you're doing in your garden, you're really thinking about the best way to get ahead of the game. And by that, I mean we are not going to have that many more pleasant weeks, may not even have that many more rainy weeks. You just can't tell. But in terms of temperature, this is a wonderful time to be transplanting, to be moving things about. If you have something that you want to dig up from Mama's house and bring it to your place, this is the time to do it. And I'm I'm looking forward to those kinds of things. I've I have a couple of flocks that have really gotten too thick, so I'm thinning that out a little bit, which allows me to spread the planting out, and that really is fun because I love those flowers. I also wanted to let you know that it's not, uh, talking about the ferns that we were mentioning from Greenwood, it's certainly not too early to hang the ferns out no matter where you are. There, It's a beautiful time of year to have Boston's or Kimberly's, you know, and if you have enough space or you have an urn big enough, get a pot of macho fern. It can take a, a pretty good, uh, a pretty good amount of summer, as they, as we say. One of the questions that always evolves at this time of year is, when the trees leaf out, I suddenly have a bunch of shade. But the rest of the year, about six months in some cases, it's really, really very, very sunny. What are the choices? Sometimes it's a simple matter of planting bulbs in those areas so that you have flowers while the trees have no leaves on them. And then you come along with something like another bulb, maybe a caladium for the leaf that they grow, or some other semi-shady, semi-sunny. I love how they talk about that, but that's some of the the ways that they refer to where you should plant plants. I was talking with someone, and and they're probably listening this morning, hey, y'all, about sun patients yesterday, and it, not yesterday, a Thursday. And if you don't know about sun patients, look for them at your garden center because they look like impatience. They're equally easy to grow, but they can take a great deal of sunshine. And uh, like an, an impatient, will, if it can grow in the sun, is going to be very wimpy looking. It's going to be thick-stemmed as it's trying to take up some more water. It's going to have small leaves, and the flowers are going to be kind of short-lived at the very least, if not even smaller than they should be. So the the question for me has always been, well, what does this sun patient do? Why do I need another sunny one? Because they fill that great space between sun and not sun. They, they're, they're not going to be as happy where your impatience are, but they're going to be a whole lot happier, say, where your roses are or where even you have other bulbs like irises and things like that in a bed, and you realize that they're going to look nice for a while, but you'd like something in the front of the bed along with them to make sure that you've got color going throughout the summer. And sun patients are a great way to do that. I'm hoping to put in a clump or two. Um, I have realized that the Stokes asters that I spread out, which are perennial, the sun patients are annual, so it'll be two different things. But the, the Stokes asters that I spread out still need to fill out a space a little bit more. So I think while they're thickening up, over the next year or so, I'm going to try and put sun patients in that particular space. I, I'm not strong on in deep lines, but where I do have a line in my design in my garden, and I use design in italics with a couple of sets of quotation marks around it. Y'all know I'm not a designer. I'm a plant person. But where I actually have created a line, I, I want the line to stay there, and sometimes it doesn't when you're waiting for other plants to multiply. By the way, if you've never grown Stokes asters, they are a delightful, lovely blue-flowered perennial that does very well in 
seven, eight, and nine. I recognize if you put them in the western side of your house in zone nine, they're going to bloom for about a minute and then be big green blobs. But if you put them in a morning sun in zone nine, you'll still get the beautiful blue effect, and and they will last a week or two at least. One of my very favorites. I'm happy to report that I am at the present time um, winning the competition for, which is still hard for me to say, climbing zucchini. Yes, that's right. It's the incredible escalator. (laughs) It's hard to think about. Anyway, people have been staking up and tying up zucchini to get it off the ground for years, but this one's actually intended for that, and it is from Renee's garden. So I'm happy to let you know that it's doing well. (laughs) They've come up. Three of them have come up, which is, frankly, one more than I was hoping for, so that's great. This particular week is looking like it's going to be rainy again, and if you didn't already know this, um, my house, I'm 10 inches above what I should be for the year already. I'd like to say I feel like I'm putting it in the bank. I've certainly filled up, you know, all of the, the rain barrels and things that I keep in the back. But still, it, it's a lot of a lot of water. Um, you know, you, you dream of something that you want. Some people want a, a string trimmer that is battery operated. Some people want someone else to come and mow their yard all of those kinds of things, um, well, you just have to kind of put those decisions on your your, – I want there to be a better rain in our world. I want it to come out over a period of time, not all at once the way it seems to be doing. But I'm not the only one looking at climate data, so (laughs) there's a lot of work on that, lots of that. Oh, my goodness. Here's a good question. The leaves are turning yellow on this old um, gardenia plant, and some of the limbs are dying. Well, mine's young, and it looks like that, but mine got too much water, and it is it's the soil around it is still wet, and it rained again last night. So check that, and if that's the case, you may want to... Because it's an old plant, you may not want to try digging it up. What you may want to try to do is go ahead and make a few little cuts around it so that the water can drain away from the plant, if that's the case, if it's staying too wet. Now, it's really normal for gardenias to have yellow leaves at the bottom. They are one of the classics that as they use the nitrogen to build the top of the plant and to put on flowers, they use up everything in the lower part of the plant. So unless you have had some other problem that makes you feel like you have an iron issue, if you, in other words, if your if your azaleas right next to the gardenia are uh, have have a, an odd look to them and don't have they have green veins but but the leaves themselves are kind of pale, you may be having an iron issue. That's a different problem. Most of the time, though, the gardenia issue can be completely seen to by using a fertilizer that's made for azaleas, camellias, hollies, all the acid-loving plants. If you don't like to get specific fertilizers that way, get an organic general-purpose fertilizer because it will be an acid former. They, generally speaking, are unless they've been changed. So you have to read about it, but most of them are going to fit that category. And that, in turn, will help. You probably do want to do some pruning if you're not getting any growth at all on some of the leaves, some of the limbs. If you scratch it and you don't have any green underneath that bark, 
certainly you can prune that off. Otherwise, it's just a matter of doing little enough pruning, but as much as is necessary to just shape the plant. Fertilize it, take off the dead limbs, and make sure that the rest of it is shaped a little bit gently. Even if you don't have, don't end up having very many flowers this year, the plant will grow better if you will shape it, and especially when it's had a rough winter, apparently. Thank you, Jennifer. Appreciate hearing from you today. Uh, I'm really interested in the St. Joseph's lilies that my friend brought to me, and um, I'm happy to tell you that they're they're coming back. They're, this is the most popular long-term amaryllis bulb for the Deep South. If you are familiar with William Welch and Greg Grant, who are I always say they're 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 I always feel like they should ride horses when they come to see you. They're from Texas and they're pretty tough. <laughs> they're very plant people, but they they just have the ability to do a lot of things in in their their world. And in fact, what they have said, Greg wrote this particular piece about the the St. Joseph's lily, that there's really not another one um, that that does as well. Brilliant red flowers, unbelievable toughness, spicy fragrance. You know, make it a bulb without equal. I, I agree. I like the way they smell. Not everybody does. I like the way they grow. Not everybody does. They're very strong-stemmed, and some people don't like that as well as they like an amaryllis that has perhaps a shorter stem with with more flowers on it. But I I really like it. It's a beautiful plant. If yours are the the leaves are not as lush as you want them to be at the bottom and the stem is kind of tall, generally speaking, you just need to change the fertilizer that you're using Wait until the flowers finish, but then give it a complete fertilizer one time in the late spring or early summer, depending on when the plants stop blooming. But you need to do that for them, not every year even, but every so often. Chris is in Summit. Um, How do you keep mosquitoes from breeding in your water barrels? I use dunks. I have been known to use a little bit of bleach, too, because this is not any water that I'm going to drink. And I do have screens on them to keep stuff from falling into them and to make it a little bit more difficult. But generally speaking, I've found dunks over the years to be really useful. If you have anything bigger than a 50-gallon barrel, you probably want to get the, the – it's a dunk, but it's the, it's the bigger one that's a cube size that you would put into a pond, okay, if you had a – uh, if you had a stagnant pond you were trying to keep the mosquitoes out of, it's just a different product, but it's the same methodology. So that's how I do that. And it works pretty well. I don't have any more mosquitoes than I did, you know, any other time. <laughs> Greg in Nettleton, welcome into Weekend Gardening. What's on your mind? Hey, Garden Mom, I appreciate you taking my call. Love the sure, show. Thank as you. Always. Uh, my, uh, you know, I, I think I'm talking to the past of my grandparents' house. went on Lord, uh, a beautiful place. And they got a creek. Uh, but anyway, my creek myrtles, uh, my grandmother always had a rule of thumb about the uh, Maybe you should start cutting around Easter before. And I was just out in the yard earlier looking at them. And, and have, have I missed my window or should I just, I don't want them not to, not to bloom, you know. But anyway, I, um, just, just was thinking out loud, Garden Mama. I appreciate you taking the call. I'm glad to hear from you. The, the blooms are set and the new growth has started. So this is not the time to cut them in the way that you would, would do in the winter. Now, Yes. If you need to remove some dead branches, that's fine. If you have some branches that, you know, for example, 
after they flower, you can always cut a little bit, just deadhead it, and it'll bloom some more. But this is not the time right. for heavy pruning. You can relax on well, that Well, thank <laughs> Yes, ma'am. Thank, thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Greg. Give you a day off. <laughs> You know, it is interesting, though. We want to take care of those plants that we consider to be our legacies. Every now and then I wonder, I I actually do wonder, because I've grown so many of the plants at my place from teeny tiny to great big. And I do, I could kind of wonder if I should put names on the ones that are really important. But I don't, I think that's a little bit more than I want to get into. (laughs) I grew this one from a six-inch tall plant. So what, Mama? (laughs) Well, the good news is that we all can enjoy it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Bill's in Perkinston. Let's see. Oh, no, Poplarville. Well, they're both. Okay, Bill and Lisa. I planted some yellow granex onion sets, and three of them are starting to flower. Can I use the seeds to plant new ones? Usually you can. If you have, for what you'll oftentimes see is that they will make, they'll go ahead and make their seeds because the bulbs are ready for you to harvest the onions. And sometimes if you leave them in too long, the seeds will actually go on and ripen, and you may or may not be able, the onion may or may not be as good as it would have been if you took it when they first began to flower. It's kind of like garlic, kind of like potatoes, too. When they start to flower, you need to be taking action. So in my case, I have some onions that um, were, were uh, they're not granex, they're another, they're just a multiplying onion. But when they go into bloom, I know it's time to take them up and, and divide them and you know get going to the next crop but also to eat a whole bunch of them so yesterday at my house it was scallion pancake day <laughs> so not a bad choice all right now more of your phone calls a whole lot more of your texts and yeah quite a bit more of me this is weekend gardening Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. We have one voice, the voice of agriculture. We have one job, growing the products you need every day. We have one mission, fighting for agriculture and rural Mississippi. We have you in mind, caring for your private property rights. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Progressive covers pets in our auto policy at no extra charge. Now, let's see what your dog has to say. As a dog, I think Progressive's auto pet policy is... Oh, what is that? That's just my tail. <laughs> Weird. Anyway, Progressive protects... There it is again. See? 
This is why I need protection. I'm so distracted. Nope, that is still my tail. Progressive Auto Insurance covers pets for up to $1,000 in a car accident at no extra charge. And we think your dog would say that's great, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. I'm here to tell you that springtime is the best time to buy a new X-Barn zero-turn mower. With unmatched quality of cut, ease of operation, and low maintenance, it's no wonder why X-Mark is the number one choice of landscape professionals. Besides sizes starting at 42 inches and 0% financing available, we have an X-Mark zero-turn for all size lawns. Come by my store and see why Frederick's has been leading the way and serving you for 30 years since 1993. Attorney CPA Joe Cordell. Divorce forces a father to focus on what's most important, his children. You may no longer be a husband, but you'll always be a dad. In the divorce process, this comes down to three key concerns. Physical custody, decision-making, as well as financial support. Each of these is important, and it's important that you choose a lawyer that cares as much about these issues as you do. Online at CordellCordell.com. Office in Richland, Mississippi. Free background information available upon request. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. Are the trees and shrubs running your yard instead of you? Let the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros take out your problem limb by limb. Baroni's Tree Pros is your complete tree, shrub, and stump removal service. No job is too big for the tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. And with our superior your cleanup, you can't go wrong. Baroni's Tree Pros, 601-345-8090. 601-345-8090. That's 601-345-8090. Or online at baroniestreepros.com. That's baroniestreepros.com. Hey, I'm Tiffany at Bob Boyd Honda, and it's time to spring into action and take advantage of all the great deals we've got blooming at Bob Boyd Honda. We've got brand new models arriving daily at prices you have to see to believe. And now with every purchase, you get Bob Boyd benefits. You also get our Honda certified technicians that can handle all of your service needs. Spring is in the air, and so are savings. So come see us on the lot or visit us on the web at BobBoydHonda.com. And let's get you a deal. Listen now, if you're not already doing it, get yourself to your local, friendly, master gardeners, garden groups, botanic gardens, you name it. Everybody's having plant sales. I feel like it's everything everywhere all at once. <laughs> if you're looking for it, it's at somebody's. It's on somebody's front lawn in somebody's garden and something. There literally are more events than I could get to if it even if I wasn't here on Saturday morning. So please, y'all, go support your local plant sales. They're only there for a minute. They're not there to compete with your garden centers and your big boxes, even because they got just weird plants that you're not going to find anywhere else for the most part, and 
You get to support the efforts of people who in turn spend their whole year doing good things for the not only the neighborhood that they're in, but for the entire town or county that you live in. So do that. Do that. It's it's almost like civics, you know. We we really do have to support our local stuff in order to make it make any sense. In, in that regard, I'm, I'm not. Uh, City of Bay Springs sent me a beautiful note about their flower and garden festival coming up on April the 29th. That's going to be lots and lots of fun. You know, I, this is. I love these kind of events. We we are so smart in putting to put everything into the weather before it turns out to be a blasting hot time. Okay. You'll notice that the events that are around in the summer generally have at least a tent, you know, if not if not an air-conditioned building to go into, because I'm not the only one that's wimpy about that, all right? I live in a place like that. You've heard me say before that my the first house I lived in in the country in Louisiana was built by people who escaped Russia in the middle of the 19th century and built the house. It looked like the tropics to them. The walls had holes in them. When it snowed, I was cold. Apparently, they never were. <laughs> it's just a different different perspective. But at any rate, I'm so glad that you decided to make weekend gardening part of your life. And this particular day, because I have the great opportunity to do this, I want you to send me an email, mamaonair at yahoo.com. Don't send it here because I won't write it down. Send me your physical address. You don't really want to put it out up here anyway, but you can send it to me because nothing happens once it gets to me except I put some zinnia seeds in the mail to you. And I would love for you to share this project with me. Mama on air at yahoo.com. Just send me your physical, your name and your physical address because I have to, I have to do have to address the, the, the envelope. Okay. Okay. I do have, I have one friend that's already said she'll, she'll come by and we'll just go to lunch. So. <laughs> <laughs> won't say save me postage but something else will happen okay, another good question I have vegetable seeds that uh, can be direct sowed along with marigold seeds can I plant them with the cooler nights or should I wait no I'd do it if, if, it's a mar- if it's the same group as marigolds you're fine to go ahead and start those seeds if you were telling me that you wanted to start Something that really loves the summer summer heat more than it does the spring cool, that would be different. But marigolds do beautifully at this time of year. So if it's that kind of plants, go right ahead. No problem. Oh, pretty. Um, well, now, I don't know. There's a few reasons why a rose changes its color. And generally speaking... There, well, actually, there's two. There's three reasons that are classically documented. One is that it was a grafted rose, and the growth that comes out from below the graft has a different color flower than what would have been at the top of the graft. In other words, sometimes we graft roses onto a rootstock that is hardier than the rose itself would be or just better adapted to the conditions where we are or where they are, in this particular case in Lubbock, Texas. That's one thing that happens. Another thing that happens is occasionally there's the, occasionally it's completely unexplainable. And for example, the entire bed of blue iris will be white one year and nobody can tell you why. But when they go in to look at the the nutrition and the various things in that regard, it's usually a, a matter of 
nutrition and growing conditions that changes a color like that. I will do a little research to see if I can find anything about this particular rose that would tell me why it would do that. But I thought it was yellow, too. <laughs> it was yellow last year, and now it's red. Hmm. It's a question. It's a good question. I am really, really pleased to tell you that I have almost got all the asparagus in one place. I don't know how the asparagus got from one end of my property to the other, but when one came up in the front yard in the middle of all the crocosmia, I knew that something had to be done. So there now, it's now it's going to be the weirdest old patch of asparagus because the original patch was old, and these things are not new. They've been there, but I'm happy to say that the one thing that the wetter weather has allowed has been slightly deeper digging in my soil. It is so it's difficult to garden in clay, but if you have improved the clay, it can still be difficult to get into if the conditions are either too dry or too wet. In this case, they weren't too wet, and it's made it a little easier to, to dig. If you want to plant asparagus, this is a good plant, a good crop to get started in the fall. It takes several years before you would be harvesting, obviously. But if you will do that, then you'll have the opportunity to start a really, really good vegetable, and it's a perennial one. It's not one that you have to replant every year. So check it out at msucares.com. Their publication on asparagus is as good as any for the South that I've seen, and you will like that. Okay? Okay. Good questions. Can I talk to him? Have I got time? Hey, Jody. Welcome in. What's on your mind, sir? I'm growing a whole lot of beans and corn this year, mm-hmm. and I want to store it dried most of it, you know, other than what's canned and frozen. Mm-hmm. I was wondering if there's any kind of pesticide on the market that can be applied to that uh, at, you know, as it's being stored that would keep the weevils and things like that out, but it wouldn't really be as very or bad at all for humans. Uh, well, there, there are a few things in the commercial world, and I honestly don't know which ones I, I know some some things were changed in that regard in terms of what they can put, like in silos, you know, and, and storage facilities. And I don't know what the the current new things are, but yes, there are the products that you're intended that you're supposed to do that with, so that you can keep your crop. Um, there's nothing that will keep the bunnies out of it, or <laughs> but you can keep the weevils out. You know? Um, I'm going to have to just yeah. tell you that I'll look and you look and we'll figure out what it's going to be. What varieties of beans? I take it you're going to try to compete with the com- compete with the camellia bean people? Dried, uh, dried yeah. beans? Black beans, uh, pintos. Uh, I'm going to have purple whole peas. Of course, that's not a bean. I'm going to have, uh, I mean, probably about 10 different varieties. That's uh, great. That's wonderful. Yeah, and, and you're storing the them. Is, you're storing them for food, right? Not to plant. I mean, you'll plant some next year, I, but you're storing them for food mainly. Well, what I store for planting, I store in, in, in a, a special refrigerator I have specifically for that. Year, oh, year okay. Year. Okay. But uh, no, this is for food for uh, us, and then I'm growing a lot. I'm growing sunflowers and millet and corn, uh, field corn for the animals. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm, I want to be able to keep that from getting eaten up before the animals can eat it. You know. Well. I think we're going to have to do a little work on this one because, as I say, those kind of those things have changed, and fortunately, they're less toxic than they used to be. But I don't know what you're supposed to do with that yet. Stay in touch. Okay. I'll look, and you look, yes, and we'll thanks. figure it out. And then everybody will thanks, know. Sweetie. Thank you, Jody. Okay. Take care. 
Harrison County, you know, oh, I bet that sunshine's pretty today. Oh, my goodness. All right, now, we got to step out, but we'll be back. This is Weekend Gardening. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. We are the people, Mississippians. We are the land, growing food, fiber, and timber. We are there when you need us, from the roof over your head to the food on your table. We are small town, but big moments, your next-door neighbors. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Hello, my name is John Merrill, the owner of Amada Senior Care. We're your local trust advisor for senior home care. We provide experienced caregivers for your loved ones so they can remain in their home. Just like you would care for your loved ones, our employees provide assistance with their personal care needs. As your trusted senior advisor, I can help your family navigate the long-term care insurance process. Just call me, John Merrill with Amada Senior Care, for your free in-home consultation, 601-864-3752. The weather is finally starting to warm up, so it's time for a closet refresh. I went to Kohl's, and my haul is too good not to share. With the extra 20% off, I got myself a button-down dress that's perfect for meetings and me time. Khaki shorts my husband can wear now and later. Plus, a tee my daughter can wear to picture day and play dates. Everyday style, meet everyday savings. Select styles, 20% offer ends April 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. It's Alyssa Arbuckle and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. A convicted double murderer could be paroled on May 16th. James Williams III was convicted of shooting his father and stepmother to death in 2002. Zeno Mangum, James' stepbrother, told us the remaining members of the family were assured that Williams would never be released. Uh, we definitely do not want him getting out. We feel like he's a threat to us and society. Mangum says each time Williams has come up for parole, the family has flooded the parole board with letters and attended numerous hearings. But they missed one. I don't remember getting the notification. And my I have an aunt, uh, one of my mother's other sisters, who's been very, very sick this year. And we've been uh, tied up trying to take care of her. She's been in and out of the hospital. And either the notification of the meeting slipped up on us or wasn't sent at all. Mangum and the rest of his family are hoping the board will change their minds and rescind Williams' parole. It's the biggest party of the year, and it's here May 6th at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi, CPR Fest 21, starring Breaking Benjamin with Bush. 
Patrick Jones, The Violent, and more. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. Spend the weekend on the coast for CPR Fest 21. April is National Safe Digging Month, and Mississippi 811 would like to remind you that a leading cause of harm in residential areas is underground utility damage. While pipeline operators and other underground facility owners are committed to raising awareness of underground damage prevention, homeowners have a responsibility to ensure safe digging practices. Mississippi 811 reminds you to call 811 at least two days before any digging to ensure your DIY project is done safely. CPR Fest in Biloxi is coming up May 6th at the Coliseum. The music festival is presented by Super Talk Mississippi Media Rock Station 97.9 WCPR. And this year the bands will be playing inside and outside. Music director and on-air personality Scott Fox told us the annual event starts with a wish list of bands. We'll check their schedules and see what they're doing and... If one looks like it may work out, then we'll reach out to their management, their agent, and see if they're available and if we can work out a deal. Uh, with Breaking Benjamin and Bush, they're touring together with that band Another Day Dawn. So that was kind of a, a small package deal that we, that we bought. And uh, the other bands that are playing outside, we piece those together from all kinds of different sources. You heard him mention that Bush and Breaking Benjamin are the headliners for the festival. You can log on to supertalk.fm for ticket information. In Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Friday night baseball action, Mississippi State took on Auburn at Auburn, and the Tigers came out on top 2-1 to one over Mississippi State to improve to 22-15, 6-10 in the conference. Bulldogs fall to 22-16 and 5-11 and and in the conference. Game 2 today, 2 o'clock first pitch, 1.30 airtime on the MSU Baseball Network. Sunday's game is a 12.30 airtime. Ole Miss versus LSU in Oxford. LSU came out on top seven to three over Ole Miss. The Tigers are thirty and seven, ten and five in the conference. The Rebels are twenty one and seventeen, three and thirteen. Game two today, two o'clock first pitch, one thirty airtime on the Ole Miss Baseball Network. Sunday is a one o'clock airtime for Ole Miss. Southern Miss and Coastal Carolina at Coastal Carolina. And it was the Golden Eagles falling 15 to 7 to fall to 22 and 14, 10 and 6 in the Sun Belt Conference. They'll play today at 11 o'clock and noon on Sunday. I'm Dixon Williams and this is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. It's the biggest party of the year, and it's here May 6th at the Mississippi Coast Coliseum in Biloxi. CPR Fest 21, starring Breaking Benjamin with Bush. Saliva, Des Rocks, Aaron Jones, The Violent, and more. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. Spend the weekend on the coast for CPR Fest 21. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. The NFL Draft is coming up next week. Starts Thursday at Union Station in Kansas City, Missouri. On Thursday, round one gets underway at 7 o'clock our time. And then on Friday, rounds two and three. And then on next Saturday, rounds four through seven will get underway about 11 o'clock next Saturday morning, the NFL Draft. Ole Miss has 
at least five players that could possibly hear their names called in the NFL draft, starting with running back Zach Evans, Ole Miss senior offensive lineman Nick Broker, along with senior wide receiver for the Rebels, Jonathan Mingo, and defensive lineman Tavius Robinson. There's just some of the names that could be called from Ole Miss. Mississippi State has three players that could be hear their names called. Defensive backs Jalen Green, Emmanuel Forbes, and defensive lineman Cameron Young. Southern Miss wide receiver Jason Brownlee could also hear his name called over the, the three days. I'm Dixon Williams. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. With your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome in. Yes, for the person that just sent me a text, my shirt does in fact say yak. It says yak, yak, and more yak. (laughs) Okay. People give you presents when you talk for a living, and this is one of them. Thank you for noticing. That's very kind. Appreciate it. Welcome into Weekend Gardening. we got a lot going on, people to talk to, people to text about, people to really just give us advice and give back some out in both directions today. This is great. I've got people um, weighing in with ideas for Joey Jody I'm sorry, in Harrison County about storing beans and corn. We'll work on that. Try and get a few of those and come back next week with a a consensus of the opinions. There's also a question in the Facebook group um, on uh, for Garden Mama about growing a snowball plant, where to put it. Morning sun is my choice. It's a plant that it looks beautiful in a, a setting in a sunny place, but in the afternoon, it's just like almost everything. It's going to get really tired of being in full tilt sun all afternoon. So I'm going to plant it in morning sun. Talking about the Henry Fonda rose, yes, it is a yellow rose. As I said, it's a pretty one. It's real popular, by the way, as a hybrid tea rose. But if if it is... If the red flowers are on lower branches, which it looks in the picture like they might be, then that's coming out of the graft underneath it. So what you need to do is look for the graft along the stem and then cut off those branches so that the, they're not taking energy away from the, the top of the whole plant, which is a point with all the beautiful yellow flowers that you're looking for. So that's a good one. Oh, real good question. <laughs> Thank you, Papa D. Papa D sent a picture of beautiful voodoo rose that turns orange after it's red that's nice you know i like changeable color flowers so i appreciate him sharing that today and from caldonia i am planting strawberries today and what are my what are your tips well my tips are simple first is you do have to have a well-drained soil and you have to have somewhere for the runners to fall so generally speaking a raised bed is a good idea. I've never managed to grow anything in strawberry pots. I know that's what those things are called. And I have seen strawberries growing in them, but I don't know about I, I've tried. didn't work. So you you may want to do that and let me know that you did better than me. I always appreciate that. But I would also like to tell you that they grow perfectly well in a simple raised bed. If they're on a row, all you have to do is make sure you're putting some hay where the Runners are going to come off so that they can land somewhere besides in the mud. And the plants themselves will be really well served with a hay mulch simply because when they make their fruit, then the fruit will be able to stay clean 
and you'll be able to see it hopefully before the slugs do. <clears throat> Excuse me, because the slugs are the biggest pest. We don't really have huge problems. We may have some leaf issues in the heat in the summer, but those you can deal with. But you can't always... There's nothing sadder, let's put it that way, than walking out to your strawberry patch and the fruit that you were waiting to get ripe yesterday now has a hole in it because the slug has been there ahead of you. <laughs> what is the best way to deal with uh, an infestation of slugs? I've seen, you know, just they, they, when oh, they're there, they're there. So. When, when it's bad, you have to find out where they're living. They're usually, they usually have a castle underneath a board or in some really deep, dark, shady place where they're staying and they just come out in at, at night it, it's you know it's like having dracula in your yard you have to kind of just realize where they are and get rid of them but in terms of the plants themselves you can protect them each plant with a ring of diatomaceous earth on the ground around it certainly there are more expensive alternatives and if your garden is about to be shown to a whole bunch of people you might want to consider some of the copper rings or even copper that you squeeze out of a tube looks like toothpaste but isn't those kind of products but but it's a barrier thing when it comes to the slugs and the snails the worst year that i ever had them in at my house in jackson they were on the screen door and i, I thought well okay now they're going to take over so <laughs> i had to get out the diatomaceous earth and do the deck and underneath the deck and find where they were hiding in the daytime and and deal with them there because they're i mean they're mean we talk all the time about people putting little um, cardboard around a baby plant so that the cutworms can't get it they're in the soil and they'll literally pull the plant down but if they can't cut through the stem they can't get there so people will do that that doesn't work with snails they just climb right up over it they don't care one update before we get too far away from the question we had earlier about storing beans and those things. Uh, one of our uh, listeners I'm, called. Don't, in, don't give us the – somebody else called. Write it down for me. I, I was going to tell you. We got an answer, so I'll write yeah, that down. Yeah, write that down for me. I've got a couple of suggestions. Somebody texted me and somebody else um, texted in here, and I'm going to put all those together and come up with a suggestion for Jody. Because everybody who gives you the suggestion immediately tells you, I'm not really somebody to rely on, and they don't tell you their name, so – it would be me saying it, so I'm not going to say it. <laughs> not yet. We'll get it for him. He's, he's, those won't be ready to go for a while. Meanwhile, Jim's on the phone. What's going on, Jim? <coughs> yes? Hold on. Yes, ma'am, hold on. <laughs> you're talking about this snail. I got a frog my throat by the time you come on. There you go. <laughs> now, a quick story, then I'll get to my question. Uh, Mama, I'm 73 years old now. Mm-hmm. About 69 or 70 years ago, we lived just off of Highway 11 North Lawn. And me and my two brothers, older brothers, our neighbor had a strawberry patch down there. <clears throat> we used to go down and try to get them strawberries. We couldn't find them. So my oldest brother was real, real smart. I was three. My oldest brother was six. He's real smart. So we went down in the woods and hid. When Mr. Brewster come down in his Jeep, Went down and picked a strawberry and brought him back and put him in that Jeep. He'd go back down and get more. We'd get up in that Jeep and eat strawberry. Oh, now. <laughs> then my mom called us to eat dinner. And uh, he, <laughs> he never did get mad. He thought it was funny. He brought us, uh, he brought us home and Mama called us to eat. Said, uh, 
about the time y'all got here, supper's on the table. I said, Miss Parker said, these boys are hungry, they eat three <laughs> That's a good Bruce one, though. You're lucky he was a nice guy. <laughs> he was, Mr. Bruce. You get out there and eat all my strawberries, I'm not going to be that friendly. Okay, now, let's talk about garlic and potato harvesting. What's on your mind? All right. I planted me some potatoes back in February. Mm-hmm. And the way I planted them, well, I got a compost pile out there of leaves I've been giving up for years. I dug that in the dirt a little bit, quartered in potatoes, turned the eyes up, uh, cover them up with leaves. And every time they'd break through, I'd cover them up more leaves. They're up about two foot tall now. Mm-hmm. Now, those things bud out. Those things will blossom when they get ready together, don't want they? Yep. They will indeed. Okay. Pretty little purple flowers. Right. I got I got that one figured out now, thank you. Mm-hmm. Now, the garlic around here is uh, just as green as a gourd. It's about three foot tall. And you get these little buds in the top of mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. do you gather that garlic? When things open or after they open? As long as they've gone into bloom, they're about ready. So if you got a whole bunch of them, if there's flowers on it, I'm going to dig one, dig up a, a Dig carefully, of course, so you don't cut through the clove of garlic. But just see what you got, because you can let them go as long as another month. But if they're ready, go ahead. You know why not? Usually, well, usually have, we think about no- harvesting them both potatoes and garlic. We usually harvest by Mother's Day. Well, they haven't opened up yet, but there's just little knots that are about an inch and a half, two inches around. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, they'll so open in a minute. <laughs> Yeah, they'll turn around and be open gold. Exactly. Lord, Mama, enjoy your show. I try to listen every Saturday. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. Tell that frog to stay home. Uh, (laughs) Bye now. (laughs) That's so difficult. How many times have we all had that experience where you go to say something and you go, "Uh -uh." well, you can't say anything. The worst is if you have a solo in choir. Oh, my goodness. And it does happen. Let's see. Um, <laughs> Confused writes in. I feel like Dear Abby. <laughs> Confused says, can you clarify companion planting with marigolds? One site will say to plant with beans and summer squash, and the next will say not to. Thanks. Confused. I don't know exactly why they would say not to. Marigolds aren't going to hurt anybody that I know of. But if they have a reason for it, I would read that and listen to it. It It's possible with beans that you wouldn't want to put the marigold with it because the beans are already so busy moving nitrogen from the air into their plants that you might not want the competition from the marigold just it doesn't draw air it doesn't draw nitrogen from the air but it would from the soil so you may not that might be a competition issue i can see that that might be a thing summer squash i don't summer squash has to spread around usually marigolds get tall i i'm a big fan of what are called African marigolds. They're the tall varieties, names like Cracker Jack, but there's several other ones. They're going to put on a head that's about as big around as a a baseball. And that flower and the whole plant, the leaves and everything, are beautiful as cut flowers. They also stink. And that's the reason why you put them in tomatoes and in other plants with plant alongside them because we're trying to confuse the insects. One of my favorite things is tomato with basil and marigolds in the same container. 
if it's a big pot. You know, it has to be one of my gigantic pots because that's going to give the opportunity for the different smells, the, the distraction for the insects, and also perfect growing conditions for all three things. So I don't know why I don't know why some would tell you not to, but if they have a rationale for it, I'd love to hear it. Isn't that interesting? It's so but it does give you the point and you don't have to go to the internet, but you will find different opinions. You know, there there's this is a takeoff on a different joke, but three gardeners four opinions is really not that unusual. <laughs> That's why we all, so everybody wants to talk to their their neighbor, you know. Well, hello, Arlene and Biloxi. My goodness, that looks great. Okay, the poinsettia is still red from Christmas. Welcome to my world. Paul is on my front porch, and the the postal carrier said, is that a poinsettia? (laughs) I said, yes, but don't worry, I'm going to cut it back. And yes, you'll want to cut this back. And repot it. Um, I repotted mine two years ago. I won't need to repot it, I don't think, because there's no roots coming out the bottom. But I am cutting it back so that it can in turn branch and be nice, healthy new growth to then turn red in in the fall. They, mine has stayed. This the, the cool weather has really helped them hold their color. But what I'm going to do, Arlene, is to go right back down each stem and cut right above one of the green clusters and take all the red off. I know it's going to hurt. But I'm going to do it anyway. And then that, in turn, plus fertilizer, and yours yours will probably need to be repotted because it's in the same container you bought it in. Um, you'll, you'll move it up and give it some fertilizer, some water, some sunshine, and it's going to turn into a beautiful plant. You can and then, each time it puts out some new growth, if you don't feel like you're going to have enough red tops, you can pinch those through June, all right? You don't want to pinch after that. But you can pinch, and they will turn and make more branching. And that, in turn, gives you more places for the flowers, the red part, the bracts to appear. So those are really good. Yours looks better than mine. Mine doesn't have quite as many leaves on it. But it has enough to cut the stems back. And, yes, each time you cut it, it's going to exude a little bit of white latex. So wear gloves if you're sensitive to that sort of thing or just be sure you understand that you'll need to wash your clippers when you get through because they'll be kind of sticky. Beautiful plant, though. Let's see. um, Motivation of squirrels is far beyond my pay grade. Somebody else have to figure that one out. Good question. I don't know the answer. Um, and it's it's too late unless you're in Memphis or Columbus. It's too late in the year to dig up peonies and and replant them someplace else. Just won't work. There it it it'll the plant will move, but it'll be it'll set it back. Um, peonies are so so beautiful. Oh my goodness. However, they prefer conditions in kansas <laughs> to the ones in the deep south we can grow a few of them and a few of them will bloom but they're 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 tricky so those of you who are successful at it grow a whole lot of them and use them for cut flowers you'll make a fortune because <laughs> peonies are hard to grow at local peonies oh my goodness let's see um hey mary and clinton 
Is it too late to plant a new maple tree? Since we have a cool week in Clinton with plenty of rain, I'd say if you can do it right away, go ahead. But hurry. I'm I'm not planting trees, but I do have some perennials that I'm still moving about, and I still have some other plants that I'm bringing in and planting. I have uh, have cassias and you know different things going. I've been thinking about sumac. I've been thinking about growing some sumac. Such a beautiful plant, and one that has. We we like it, but we don't we don't like it enough to really put it in, in the. In a, in a garden bed. We tend to have it toward the back, sort of like elderberries and, and plants like that that are a little bit thick, you know, a little bit d- dense oftentimes in their their world. Um, let's see. Fire ants. When you have a fire ant problem, it really it does take the Texas two-step it, or some version of that. The reason why they will being a mound here, you control that mound and they pop up somewhere else is because they're able to do that. If you will treat the the property and then the mound, when they come out of the mound, they will achieve other things that will in turn control them rather than going over and forming a new home. Um, and I, I mean, I just, that's just the way it is. They are clever. And they're pretty determined to be here long after all of us. <laughs> oh, let me see. Um, Sandra saw a beautiful peony at Southern at Sutherland's. Oh, cool. And said it was Hardy in Zone 3. I'm sure it was. It depends on the name of the variety. Um, the varieties are, the ones that are hardy here are also hardy there, but the ones that are hardy there are not necessarily hardy here because peonies come in early, medium, and late season flowers. The early season peonies are the ones that we can grow in the deep south. It gets too hot for them afterwards. The sad, saddest thing you'll ever see is a peony with the, the stem coming up and the little bed starts to open and then it falls over. It's swooning in the heat. I had relatives that did that. You probably do too. All right now, it's Catfish John time, so we got to go away, but we'll be back. This is Weekend Gardening. So long ago, well, the sweet magnolia blossoms, cotton fields were white as snow. Catfish was a river hobo, lived and died by the river's bend. People of Mississippi, it's time you get the benefits you deserve. If you're eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid, there's a local health plan just for you. Shared Health Dual Plus, a dual eligible special needs plan with more benefits, like a $2,500 yearly allowance for over-the-counter items and groceries, a $600 yearly allowance for utility bills, a $5,000 yearly allowance for dental care, and shared rewards. All access on one easy-to-use card. Plus more. Or call 855-413-8769, TTY-711, or visit SharedHealthMS.com. Paid Active Portrayal. Shared Health Dual Plus is an HMO DSNP plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with the Mississippi Division of Medicaid. Enrollment in Shared Health Dual Plus depends on contract renewal. Shared Health Mississippi, Inc. does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, or disability in its health programs and activities. Benefit limits and exclusions may apply. Check the plan's evidence of coverage or details or give us a call. 
For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Are your investments going nowhere? Here's a tip that always pays big dividends. Invest in yourself, your talent, your smarts, your skills. Maybe it's time to make that investment and start a career in IT. Or upskill to boost your current career. At My Computer Career, you can bank on us. We'll help you get the right skills and the right certifications to start or advance your IT career. IT keeps growing, so go with the growth at My Computer Career. The right training, the right timing, the right career. Invest in you at mycomputercareer.edu. Start now. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Builders. At Fillmore Buick, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick, GMC, or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Dream Home AC Systems. <laughs> Are you feeling it? Dream. <sighs> The new degree of comfort. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet boom products, oil gator, oil dry spill kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. Thank you so much for being part of Weekend Gardening. You make my world spin, and it means a great deal to me when you send me notes and <laughs> send even ones I can't answer. It's just a blast. I, I really appreciate it. I am one of those people that, uh, gosh, this wouldn't make any sense to anybody who's young today. 
I grew up in a house with only one screen. It was a television. I did not have any control over it. <laughs> That's why when I have now that I have screens that I'm in control of, it's wonderful. There's a lot of media out there that obviously was not there when people only had one screen in their house. But it's also true that some of us just take it all for granted. I do not. I am still at the gee whiz point of view when it comes to how much media there is to consume and i don't have that much time i do sleep so i don't have the middle of the night stuff but last night i saw that there was going to be on some channel i've never even heard of on one of my services (laughs) this is terrible but anyway it was the story of bob marley's um album the 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 his, his, the, when he came to prominence, he'd obviously been around for a long time, but fire and all that, the whole business that we all so much associate with Bob Marley. And they kept talking about Stir It Up, and that because that's obviously something he did in addition to this particular version, which is a more pop version. But I thought to myself, I didn't know there was another one. I knew that he had done it, but I didn't know who did it first. And it gave, sent me down the rabbit hole of learning something. And that's what it's all about. If we can learn something new every day, if, if it's whether it's something we wanted to know or something we sort of fell into, I think our brains work better. And now that we're reading about more and more research, you know, as a baby boomer, I can tell you that we baby boomers have really messed everybody up. We're all staying at work too long. We, we have too many opportunities to be tested for different things, and we're way too opinionated. So when you ask us, we will tell you what it is that we think about things. And that has shifted a lot of things culturally. One of them is all of this. There was always a move for more like a la carte television, a la carte radio. We've always had a la carte radio. You know, you can pick what you want and go to the next one. So I like that all of that's out there, and I was happy to learn a little something about Bob Marley. I also learned a little bit more about growing cassava, and I'm not exactly sure why because I don't think it actually grows where he was, but in terms of using the 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 the, the different sources of Flour, cassava is one of the ones that we don't think about, but it's one of the ones that's quite delicious. And I know that because it's in a a chip that I like. But it's just funny how you learn stuff and then it begins to put itself together in in a a fascinating manner to give you the chance to know more than you did the day before. For example, one of our texters wants to know how to get the native apple to create more sprouts to transplant. I don't know how to tell you this. People spend their whole lives trying to get those apples not to send out sprouts. So the the way that you would do that if you were actually going to do it would be with by applying too much nitrogen fertilizer to the tree, which I do not recommend doing. But I do recommend propagating that apple either from the cuttings that you take in January when you prune the tree or at the point where the new growth is just a little bit tender. It's not new and green enough to wrap around your hand, but it doesn't snap when you push on it either. You can root four-inch cuttings from that beautiful tree, and I'm sure that you'll have good success with them, but if in, just in case you don't, if you want five trees, root 12 cuttings. You, you always need to do a little bit more than twice as many as you want, but that's the way to do it. I would not encourage the sprouts. That's one of the problems that we have is keeping the sprouts away from there. 
really, really good question about pine straw. And I, I just put the pine straw in on top. Uh, of the old pine straw, how often should I be taking it out? If it is gray, and you know who you are, if it is gray and you lift it up, you're probably going to find mycelia, white threads running under there. That tells you that the pine straw itself is actually getting the water and possibly even the nutrients that you're putting into that bed, and it's using it before you can get before it can get to your plants. So if your plants are great, and your pine straw looks like this, it's because everything's so wet. The pine straw can take what it's got, keep it away from your plants, and they're not getting too wet. But oftentimes in the summer, we see the pine straw beginning to get pale, and we think, well, I need to put in some new or fluff it up or something. If you can't fluff it up, and if it has mycelia running through it, you need to replace it. And oftentimes, I mean, usually it's two or three years, but it may be a little bit sooner. I don't know. Um, it just depends on where you are, how much sun there is, how deep the pine straw is, all those kinds of things. I use that waste pine straw. If, if you have a chopper, a shredder, grinder kind of thing, you can put it in there and it will come out in small enough pieces that it can go in your compost. I don't have that, so I use it to put on paths or to, to keep spaces in a sort of a permanent mulch where I don't want anything to grow. Um, if I was if I was trying to put a space around a, a, a piece of maybe a generator outside or some other thing, that's what I would use that particular pine straw for because it's something I can stand on, but it's not and it will suppress grass growth, but it's not going to be necessarily something I want to grow anything to grow through because the pine straw is not going to accommodate that. St. Joseph lilies that are do not bloom; they're in a bed with liriope. Well, they probably have sunk, and that's probably why they don't bloom. I, I would dig them up maybe now, but maybe wait until fall. It's, either one is really okay. Um, and dig, dig them up and, and then get them to replant. When you, when you take them up and they're in full leaf, like they probably are, this is really a good time to remind yourself that you trim it off like you would do an iris, you know, to make a little fan so that the leaves are not transpiring so quickly and causing the bulb itself to lose all of its energy. I'm going to plant a couple this weekend, and I've already trimmed them, so they're ready to plant, I'm happy to say. Let's see. Hey, Corinne. Let's see. There's um, the Stella Dioros bloom just once. As I've heard is normal for our area, I don't know, mine bloomed several times. But anyway, are there other shorter daylilies that I can add to the bed to mix in with the Stella D's? Yes, and I don't know what their names are, but there are, um, they're sometimes called lower profile daylilies or low profile daylilies. Sometimes they're called dwarf daylilies, and sometimes they're called ground cover daylilies. I've actually seen that, and Stella Dioro was in that group. Even though it's two feet tall, that's not a ground cover. But, yes, there are other ones, and I, I don't happen to know their names. But I'm curious as to why the Stella doesn't repeat bloom. Um, usually they, they do, but I don't fertilize very much. So that might be why they, they bloom a couple of times. Beautiful plants, though. Really, really nice plants. The Stellas were one of those things that I believe this, I, I, the same people didn't do it, but it has the same theory behind it as knockout roses. Okay, that you could basically drive a truck over them and they would come back and be fine, <laughs> and that's usually true. I did notice that I have uh, some daylilies that have spread that I didn't expect to, and I think they are the old orange daylilies that have 
kind of come underneath something else and gotten up into a different bed at my place. I'm going to leave them, but when they finish blooming, I will, as soon as there's a good day after that, I will move those because they, they get too big and too crowded. Stella Dioro doesn't have that problem. They may sink a little bit. They may, if they're, if they're in too much shade, they'll, they'll grow, but they won't bloom. Um, you know, all of those things are, are quite possible with the Stellas, but they are lovely, lovely flowers. Polly's from Brandon. She is on the text line this morning. The fig tree, oh, this is just like my house. Have you been to my house? (laughs) The fig tree had started to put on leaves just before the last hard freeze. The leaves have not come back. Ah, Mine either. Now, one of mine died and the other one didn't. So 50-50. Go and scratch the bark. That's the only way you can tell. And at this point, you may be scratching just the very tip to see where the leaf used to be, see if it's still green under there, and it may not be. In that case, you're going to come back down the the trunk or the stem or the branch a little bit and scratch again, okay? At the point where you determine where it's green, you're going to cut everything off above that. And it will promote new growth, but it may or it, it I don't think it's going to be a great year for figs. <laughs> really, I think in many places they look like yours and mine. And I'm, I'm going to have to let go of one of mine, but uh, I think the other, I think the other one's going to make it and it's not the one I really liked. So sometimes that's the irony of these things can really get you. I will, I want to make sure that I remember to tell you that there are plant sales all over the place and those people are also busy that they're either growing them, selling them, or helping you figure out which ones you want to get. So go to your local plant sales and enjoy your time there. And don't forget, the Bay Springs Flower and Garden Festival is coming up on April the 29th. So that's something else we're going to talk about. I'd love to be there, but I don't know about that part. <clears throat> Maybe next year. Maybe I can get there next year. I have... <laughs> I just sometimes read things and I have to put them down and go back and read it again because it just seems so crazy. But as I said, I'm 10 inches over for the rainfall in my particular part of the world. Now the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory is letting me know that they're babying me. You know, they count stuff. They Then they review other reviews and they study other studies and they just do all of that. And that's one of their best things. What they're saying is that the heavy precipitation days. Remember when they used to say it was the 100-year flood or the 500-year whatever it was? Well, <clears throat> shorten that timeline. So heavy precipitation days historically experienced once in a century are becoming more frequently. Frequent, rather. For example, in the southeastern United States and in the Pacific Northwest, <laughs> it's about every 30 years <laughs> instead of every 100. <laughs> we knew that. But it is nice to see it in in print. It's not comforting, but it is reassuring that we're not experiencing this wrong. We are correct about it. Actual weather patterns, we see that a lot more extreme weather. I, you know, I began maybe, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago saying that the wind had started blowing in my yard and hadn't quit. Well, it still hasn't quit, but it's less than it was. And now... I have to confess that I kept saying, well, we're on this roller coaster of weather, you know, goes up and goes down and goes up and goes down and gets ready and rains and comes back and gets dry and goes up. and Well, now it's a bungee cord. Face it. 
You see what all was going on north of us? We're here. We're down here where everybody's, and it is Tornado Alley, and it's a serious, serious situation. But it's still snowing in Chicago. I mean, just the same weather fronts. And my friend in Chicago said they had thunder snow the other day. (laughs) She was not happy. (laughs) She's from there. She knows about it. But still, late April is unusual for thunder snow even there. We're going to have substantially wetter rain and snowier snow. Okay, then. And that's the story that I featured this week in the Garden Mama newsletter. I hope that you are interested in it. And if you would like to subscribe, come on over. Mama on air at yahoo.com for information or just go to patreon.com slash Garden Mama and become part of the community because we're a fun bunch. I will say that. Sandra says, um, yes, you can do this. She said it's still her orange, and I do love these, orange native azaleas, the flames. I believe it's canescens, rhododendron canescens. Beautiful, beautiful plant. Long stem that had a bloom on it, but now can I cut that off to give it better shape? It's still blooming. Yes, as long as it hasn't been a month since it bloomed, you, you, it, has, it works the same way. They bloom at different time from our classic evergreen azaleas but they still have that same function that they begin to put on next year's flowers within a month after this year's so yes you can prune and it will help to shape it i've had one or two in my career that looked like they were going to look like a ladder rather than a plant so i have to cut them so they can get a little wider and not quite as tall i think that's a good idea i love 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 yeah that is canescence it's a beautiful beautiful plant Native azaleas are one of those things that I think are kind of like native hydrangeas. We don't necessarily grow them because they don't look that great in their early years. And we're we're not patient. We're very impatient people. But if we will go ahead and put them in, I wish now that I had put the native hydrangeas where I wanted them in my yard, but I didn't do it. (laughs) So I'm still, I'm looking at my neighbors now like this. Those are nice. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Now, as always, the texts are flying in here. We're going to hit those when we get back after this. But everybody needs a little Ringo Star. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. We would be so happy, you and me. No one there to tell us what to do. I'd like to be under the sea. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money, but they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us. We are advocacy, a century of wins, protecting private property rights, advancing technology, sustaining our land, conserving our natural resources. 
all to pass on to the next generation. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Be honest. If you had to choose between your phone or your boyfriend, which would you give up? Okay, now that he's gone, start using your phone to pay a checkout instead of swiping. With the Citizens Bank's new mobile pay, add your debit card to your phone's mobile wallet and pay with a touch. Who knew your phone was great with money? You made the right choice. Start using mobile pay from the Citizens Bank today. In your corner, member FDIC. Family Termite is a proud VIP sponsor of the Handyman Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Whether you're a proud DIYer or a seasoned veteran, Mississippi's handyman Buddy Slowick has the answers to your home improvement questions each Saturday from 10 till noon. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. Attorney CPA Joe Cordell. Divorce forces a father to focus on what's most important, his children. You may no longer be a husband, but you'll always be a dad. In the divorce process, this comes down to three key concerns, physical custody, decision-making, as well as financial support. Each of these is important, and it's important that you choose a lawyer that cares as much about these issues as you do. Online at CordellCordell.com. Office in Richland, Mississippi. Free background information available upon request. Joseph Cordell, licensed in Missouri and Illinois only. The best made-to-order lunch is right around the corner at 4th and Gold Sports Cafe. Eat in or carry out, DoorDash or Grubhub. Call 769-208-8283. That's 769-208-8283. Once again, 769-208-8283. The weather is finally starting to warm up, so it's time for a closet refresh. I went to Kohl's, and my haul is too good not to share. With the extra 20% off, I got myself a button-down dress that's perfect for meetings and me time. Khaki shorts my husband can wear now and later, plus a tee my daughter can wear to picture day and playdates. Everyday style, meet everyday savings. Select styles, 20% offer ends April 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. say that people from the West Coast don't know anything about the blues or the shuffles or the jives or any of that. Yeah, they do. 
That one does anyway. <laughs> Beautiful native azalea. Um, Brenda dro- dug it up in the woods in Scott County. I hope they were her woods. <laughs> it is like a little tree. And then they lose. They're just beautiful. Then they lose their leaves. Really, really nice plant. Wonderful one. Let's see. Another question coming in on our fantastic text line this morning. Um, should I water my tomato seedlings in the morning or the afternoon? And can I use some miracle Grow on them? Yes, you can. You just be sure you don't let them wilt. If you will if you if you can put them in something that provides water to them even better than you can as long as they're up and growing sometimes that's even better than you just put a little more water into the the foam underneath it or the flat underneath it or whatever it is so you're not leaving them in water all the time but you're giving them access to it morning or afternoon doesn't matter it really has more to do with how they're doing don't let them wilt you know that a wilted tomato at any stage is always a setback for the plant so just remember that. It's really important to know that. Where can I buy and when should I plant a fig? You can buy figs probably at the local sales that I'm talking about, but certainly at garden centers, sometimes even at big boxes, co-ops, all of that, those kind of things. And if you, you know, if, if you absolutely don't have any, just ask your neighbors that have figs. They'll let you take some cuttings. <laughs> But you can, yes, go ahead and plant that now. David, your roses are going to need some help. But I think if you start by cutting out everything that's dead, we'll be able to see what's left. The rose is not gone. It's just been frozen. And if you cut out everything that's dead, you'll see that there's some left. You can shape that up, and it's probably going to be fine. I don't think you'll get any flowers in the next month or two, but I believe that the, I believe the plant will be okay. It certainly looks like it. It certainly, certainly looks like it. That's nice. Um, you're, you're, you're very welcome. Thank you for that. <laughs> Trey, you're trying to get me to laugh, and you made it. It worked. Um, you're, I, 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 you know I don't like zip ties, but, but yeah, zip t- <laughs> it's a handy, handy thing. <laughs> Look at you. Good grief. This is really fun. Everything, the tips are dead, but the lateral buds are popping out all over. Yeah, that's true. And that is where the pruning has to start out with. Don't cut them all down if they're not dead yet. And now you're making me hungry. And okay. <laughs> that, that is the that is the tray report today, and it is quite a report. Jackie from Brandon wants to know, is it too late to cut back the canes on Confederate Rose? No, as long as it hasn't leafed out yet. It, mine... Mine had tried to leaf out before the last freeze, and I don't know if it's going to come back again or not. I went ahead and cut it down some more, but it's, it looks dead to me. And they are more susceptible than some of the other plants that we have, simply because those big hibiscus have mallow. You know, that's one reason why they're, I mean, they're known as mallows for a reason. You cut open the stem, and it's mallowy. It's a marshmallowy kind of stuff in there. Don't It's not for you to eat like marshmallows, but it has that quality to it. And that, in turn, is easy to freeze and if it gets wet and freezes and then it dries out and expands, sometimes we have that cracking problem that we talk about in other kinds of shrubs. Doesn't necessarily look like it, um, doesn't look like a, a Confederate rose would do that, which of course is a hibiscus. Despite its name, it is a hibiscus. Okay, I think we caught up on everything. That's good. One, two, three. Any more roses got that? And the native azaleas. 
Beautiful. Just beautiful. Fun stuff. All the Texaners, they did a great job today getting pictures to us. Yep. yep and then that Trey is true. sends the peanut brittle in there. <laughs> and I mean, come on, man. He's talking about patience. That's right. He's trying got, to get me to be patient. <laughs> exactly. He's that. That's really the thing. The, this is Trey. I'm going to talk about you as if you weren't listening. Anybody that shows up at one of my remotes with a bag full of rattlesnake green beans for me is my friend for life. And Trey and I were friends before that. (laughs) So now we're really good friends. That's a gift. You know, that's one of those things that you just you just don't run into all the time. Goodness gracious. I, I still can't believe that this is actually true. But I have I have University of Michigan research to to tell me that it is true. And I knew it. Everybody has always talked about why did our relatives in the, the monkey family stand up? Okay, what, what caused them to get up off of four feet and onto two legs for us to emulate and, and develop into? How did that all happen in the evolutionary scale of things? And it's always been the desire to get to a fruit that was higher up on the tree was the idea, Okay. Well, guess what? Now we have some <clears throat> other research that tells us, this is something I learned this years and years and years ago, the finding sheds light and pushes back the origin of the grassy woodlands to, from 7 million to 10 to 21 million years ago. That is the early Miocene period. And in fact, they were going for the leaves. We now have now have understanding about this. Fruit grows on the spindly peripheries. The larger apes did need to re- distribute their weight on branches coming from the trunk. But if the if it, the, the whole the particular fossil that they studied lets us know that the early apes ate leaves and lived in a seasonal woodland, and therefore they stood up to get to the leaves. They were not trying to climb up in the tree to get the higher fruit until after they had learned to reach for the leaves. How about that? We have this ape. It's got to be living in a forest. What do we do with it after they studied this thing? And they finally figured out that it was in the woodlands, and we didn't even know there was woodlands then. I love research. I'm so glad somebody else wants to do all this so that I can just read about it and learn stuff from it. Because I I never wanted to be the person at the archaeological dig. I never felt like that was what I needed, how I needed to spend my summer. But I do love to see what they find. I, I absolutely do love that. Now, I don't know if elephants can save the planet, but we got some pretty good information to tell us that they may can. If we understand their impact on atmospheric carbon levels, we may not be quite as worried about them, particularly when we understand that we now have elephants that can peel bananas for themselves. How about that? I love it. You think you, you, everybody says, oh, the elephants are in, so endangered, and yes, they are. But that's because of humans coming to take their tusks and, and mutilate them and whatnot. As we get a handle on that, we have other behaviors of theirs that we really need to pay attention to. And in this case, they may be saving the world simply by learning how to peel their own bananas. I like that. Not an elephant, but an elephant seal which, as you might imagine, is a very large seal. This will be my last story to tell you today because it scared me. And I don't even know why it scared me, but it did. 
This particular piece of research from the University of California, Santa Cruz, which, by the way, is one of my favorite places in the world, scientists have recorded brain activity in a free-ranging wild marine animal revealing the sleep habits of elephant seals during the months every year that they spend at sea. It turns out that they dive deeply and fall asleep while they're diving deeply. That scares me. I think I I knew I didn't want to be an elephant seal. Now I really don't want to be an elephant seal. Good grief. Can you imagine worrying about your babies if you get to teach them how to do that? Good grief. So much to do. And so much good weather coming up. All right now, come back next week. We'll do it again. This has been Weekend Gardening. Weekend Gardening with the Garden Mama is a production of TeleSouth Communications. party of the year and it's here may 6th at the mississippi coast coliseum in biloxi cpr fest 21 starring breaking benjamin with bush saliva des rocks Ron Jones, The Violent, and more. Get tickets now at Ticketmaster.com. Spend the weekend on the coast for CPR Fest 21. It's a big job keeping a whole planet fed. More American producers are turning to the fuel that gives them the power to do it. Propane. With lower costs, cleaner emissions, and greater reliability, propane can do more around your operation better than any other fuel. And with an abundant supply made right here in the U.S., you're helping America stay energy independent. We've got a world to feed, so let's get to work in a clean energy revolution. Energy for everyone. Propane. For more information, visit MSPropane.com. Progressive covers pets in our auto policy at no extra charge. Now, let's hear what your dog has to say. As a dog, I think Progressive's auto pet policy is... Oh, what is that? That's just my tail. <laughs> Weird. Anyway, Progressive protects... There it is again. See? This is why I need protection. I'm so distracted. Nope, that is still my tail. Progressive Auto Insurance covers pets for up to $1,000 in a car accident at no extra charge. And we think your dog would say that's great, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Coverage for cats and dogs included with the purchase of collision coverage and subject to policy terms. I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. I'm here to tell you that springtime is the best time to buy a new X-Barn zero-turn mower. With unmatched quality of cut, ease of operation, and low maintenance, it's no wonder why X-Mark is the number one choice of landscape professionals. For sizes starting at 42 inches and 0% financing available, we have an X-Mark zero-turn for all size lawns. Come by my store and see why Frederick's has been leading the way and serving you for 30 years since 1993. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.